Moms on Call is excited to partner with Mission Mighty Me to spread the good news about food allergy prevention for babies. Groundbreaking research has found that most peanut allergies can be prevented by starting peanut foods in infancy before allergies develop. This discovery reversed feeding guidelines around the world to recommend early and consistent feeding of peanut foods and other common allergens once babies start solids. Mission Mighty Me knows that getting any food, especially nuts or sticky peanut butter, into a baby's diet can be nearly impossible. So they develop delicious puffs to make it easier to regularly include peanuts and tree nuts in your baby's routine. And we have two guests on this episode. The first is Katherine Mitchell-Jackson, and she will be speaking about the challenges faced as a food allergy parent and how those challenges led her and her husband, JJ, to start Mission Mighty Me. Then we'll be talking with their co-founder, Dr. Gideon Lack who led the research behind the new feeding guidelines. He was absolutely riveting. You are going to love his explanations and experience. And if you or someone you love wants to learn about preventing food allergies, this is a can't-miss episode of the Moms on Call podcast. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. <laughs> so, Catherine, tell us a little bit more about your story. I understand you are a mom of three and you've had a child in your household with significant allergy. So kind of give us some background. Yes, that's right. Um, well, I am a mom of three. Um, our oldest is um, allergic to most nuts, so we are also a food allergy family. And I have to say how excited I am to be here talking with you all because we are also a Moms on Call family. Um, the Moms on Call books, although I think back then it was maybe a packet, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that is really what got us through our early years of parenting. We had two babies under two in a New York City apartment, which was very small. And you all and your um, guidance helped us get our babies sleeping and eating. And we will be eternally grateful to you for that. So we I'm thrilled to be here. I think what you do is so important um, and just feel like you all really wrote the parenting Bible. But um, anyway, yes. So now I'm a mom of three. I've got two daughters who are 10 and 11. And we have a son um, who is six years old. And our oldest daughter is allergic to, she's allergic to most nuts, which is sort of how we 
got into this in the first place and how we ended up eventually co-founding Mission Mighty Me with Dr. Lack. Can we talk a little bit about, so that was your first child, right? I mean, you're a new parent, you have a child, you're trying to do all the things that we're told, starting some solids, avoiding allergy, high allergy foods, you're doing the right things. Tell us a little bit about How old was she when you first recognized that? And tell us a little bit about what that was like. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, as you all know, the medical guidance back then was to avoid allergens, nuts and egg and other common food allergens in infancy. So we had done that with our oldest daughter. She was almost three years old and um, hadn't had any tree nuts at this point. She had had peanut butter, had not had any tree nuts, but allergies really weren't even on our radar. She would not have been considered high risk. She did not have severe eczema. You know, we were just sort of doing what our pediatrician recommended, but I wasn't particularly concerned about um, food allergies. And my mom was visiting us in New York and my mom always has a little Ziploc baggie full of nuts in her purse. And um, we were in our apartment and she, you know, pulled out a little Ziploc bag of walnuts and started, you know, snacking on them and Niall toddled over and reached her hand out. And of course, without even thinking, my mom just put some in her hand and she put a few in her mouth and it was almost an immediate reaction. She, she did chew and swallow and ingest some, but she started, you know, coughing and she started crying and, um, her face blew up like a balloon so quickly, her whole body broke out in hives and she started vomiting. To be honest, I knew so little about food allergies that we didn't, we didn't know what was happening, um, at the time. I, I was like, is she, is she sick? Like how did, what's happened? And then kind of put two and two together that my mom had given her some walnuts, called the pediatrician. And, you know, I, I actually think we should have gone straight to the emergency room. That was not the advice that we were given. We were told to, to monitor her, um, which we did. And thankfully her symptoms sort of subsided, we got her to the pediatrician and she said, you know, she probably has an allergy to at least walnuts. Um, but maybe, you know, they typically, all the tree nuts go together and, um, you need to have her allergy tested. So we did, we saw an allergist, had her allergy tested. It turns out she's allergic, um, pretty severely allergic to almost all tree nuts. So, you know, we just adapted to, life as a food allergy family and kind of made sure we had an EpiPen in every diaper bag and that all of her caregivers, you know, her teachers and babysitters and anybody she spent time with were trained on how to use one and, you know, really just sort of adapted to being a a food allergy family. So when, when you share that, I mean, you can, you can, you're telling the story as if it happened yesterday. In the last 11 years, have there been issues where a nut has gotten in, we didn't know about it? Did did you have any of those uh, cases happen over the last 11 years? We have been so lucky. 
um, she has not had an anaphylactic exposure um, since then. She has had exposures, which have been scary. Um, They've, we've always been able to catch them um, early enough, but um, you know, she, it's actually happened twice with ice cream, ice cream. You'd be surprised, but occasionally tree nuts are in flavors of ice cream. You would not expect Um, and that's happened to us twice on vacation where she's, I mean, just had a tiny, tiny bite and she immediately starts, you know, my throat, my throat. Um, and, uh, we have not had to use EpiPen fortunately, because it didn't progress to anaphylaxis. Um, you know, we've given Benadryl and monitored her. Um, and I would say for anybody who has a child with food allergies, definitely talk to your allergist about what they recommend for your child because it's different for different children, but we always have it ready just in case. But unfortunately, like when she, if she does have a tiny taste, she ends up feeling sick for hours. We have so many friends who have children who have had that happen regularly. I will say like food allergies are very manageable. You can absolutely manage them and do it successfully. And there are, of course, so many health issues out there um, that are, you know, even more grave, but you just hate for them to have that burden and to always have to be worried if something is safe. Um, You know, food is such a celebratory part of our culture. It's how we celebrate birthdays. It's how we bond. It's how we kind of get together and show, you know, and have communion with people. And for food allergy kids, they often are just kind of always left out. And that's really why we started Mission Mighty Me, because, you know, when our third child was born, he was born right after the LEAP study, Dr. Lack's LEAP study was published. Basically, the LEAP study, which was led by Dr. Lack, um, showed that actually introducing peanut foods into babies' diets starting between four and 11 months and then giving it to them consistently until age five reduced the rate of peanut allergies by um, up to 86%. So wow. said differently, the babies in the study, and there were 640 babies in the study, so it was a huge you know, five-year clinical trial that he led. The babies in this study who did not eat peanut foods were five times more likely to develop a peanut allergy than the babies who consumed them regularly starting in the first year of life. And it just rocked our world to think, oh my gosh, we could prevent him from going through what his older sister goes through on a daily basis. If we can get peanuts and um, these other foods into his diet early. You know, how do you manage that? How do you have your oldest child who is severely allergic to all these items, but yet you have two other children who aren't, and now you get to your third child and you're like, wait, now all this information is coming out. We have to get him introduced. I cannot imagine how, how do you run your household trying to keep one safe and introduce things 
to another. It is a challenge. When she was younger, of course, we just had all, none of her allergens were in the house at all because we didn't want her to accidentally get into them um, or to get into a cookie that happened to have nuts in it. You know, now that she's older, um, she knows what she can have. She can read the label and she can ask us. And um, she was, you know, when we had our third child and the LEAP study came out and we realized this is what we need to be doing. We've got to get um, nuts and other common food allergens into his diet. But for younger kids, and I would definitely say like, talk to your allergist about the best way to manage this in your household. Cause some kids are even more um, sensitive than, than others, but we would like feed James in his high chair. Nut butters are sticky. They get everywhere, but we would wipe down his high chair like put his dishes in the dishwasher, run the dishwasher, wipe his face, wipe his hands, you know, just make sure he was like clean. So there wouldn't be any cross contamination um, when she came home, but we would do this while she was at school. Um, We actually have a mighty me customer who the mom is severely allergic to peanuts. And of course, food allergy families get it. They know what a burden this is. She's more committed than ever to getting peanuts into her child's diet early. Um, But her mother, the child's grandmother comes over, they put him in the high chair in the garage and he, you know, enjoys his mighty me. He has no idea that he's, you know, eating something that is, is anything but just yummy. And then the grandmother wipes him down and he goes back inside. So, I mean, food allergy families, I think will go to great lengths to make sure they're, their younger children, if they know about the research, don't don't have this burden. And it's just, it does seem exhausting at times, I am sure, just trying to clean and wipe and keep things separate and, you know, but you're right. You do do what it takes. Yeah. Like it's a community effort. Our kids were involved in it. Grandmas are involved in it. It really takes a community, and that's what you're trying to do. That's the mission behind Mission Mighty Me, I would imagine, is a mission that was born out of this experience that you had, making something incredibly beautiful out of the challenges that you faced so that other families don't have to necessarily go through some of the things that you did. And we are really excited because we get to talk to so many families. We get to talk to families who feed babies all the time. And so many of our listeners can relate to the exhaustion, to the worry, to that terrified moment. They first found out their child was allergic and that it was going to have to alter their life. And so as a community at Moms on Call, We are all dedicated to helping those families that struggled and the next generation of kids who maybe don't have to on the basis of what you have been doing with your free time and the mission at Mission Mighty Me. Thank you all so much for just helping us spread the word because so many parents still don't even know about this research and about the change in guidelines. But, um, you know, Based on the LEAP study, the feeding guidelines around the globe, not just in the U.S., have totally changed to recommend introducing peanuts and other common food allergens in infancy. So when a baby is ready to start solids, um, which is usually around six months, but it can be as early as four months, these new feeding guidelines, I think, really have the opportunity to 
bring down food allergy rates. The problem (laughs) is that it can be very difficult to get these foods into a baby's diet. Nuts and nut butters, of course, are a choking hazard in their natural form. And the baby food market is really still mostly allergen free. And so this was like our pain point when we had our third child. We knew about Dr. Lack's research. We were trying to get these foods in his diet and just couldn't find a simple, easy way to do it. And so we partnered with Dr. Lack, which has been such an honor and an amazing experience because he is truly like just the expert in allergy research and prevention. And then we also partnered with Todd Slotkin, who was one of the original co-founders of the food allergy nonprofit FAIR. And all, and he has two um, severely peanut and tree nut allergic boys. And we kind of all came together and said, the world needs products like this to bring the rates of food allergies down and just to make it easy for parents to follow the guidelines. So we launched our first product, Proactive Peanut Puffs, about um, a year and a half ago. And because peanuts are a choking hazard, we turned peanuts into quick dissolve, um, yummy puffs that are baby friendly and ba- you know made specifically for babies, organic, simple ingredients, no sugar. And we also formulated them uh, so that they would match the LEAP study and um, also the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations for getting the right amount of peanut protein into a baby's diet, which is particularly important for babies who are at high risk for peanut allergy. And then we also were super excited because um, early 2022, we're launching our next product, which are um, proactive nut butter puffs that contain a, a nut from every nut family in the quantities that match Dr. Lack's clinical trial, the EAT study. But not to bore parents with all of that, the main, the the research part of it, but the main point is they are formulated based on research, but we made them fun and yummy. And the idea is that parents shouldn't have to like overthink this and it shouldn't feel medicalized and scary. Um, We just wanted to make it really easy to get all these foods into babies' diets early in a way that um, would be enjoyable for you know, babies and parents. And we've got other products in the pipeline um, with, you know, other food forms and that contain other um, common food allergens because we now know that not only is it super important to get, you know, common food allergens into babies' diets early, um, but diet diversity is huge. Um, You want to get as much much diversity of foods into a baby's diet um, as you can, starting when they're ready for solids. I think you guys are making it so easy and we're changing the conversation to try and start encouraging these families uh, who are scared. They're afraid because they've been told one thing and now we're we're telling them something else. And one of the things real quick is, you know, what about these parents who, you know, they their kid did. They they followed the guidelines, much like yourself. They followed the guidelines. They did what they were supposed to do. And now the guidelines have changed. And I know that there has to be a little bit of guilt sometimes. Like, oh, if I had only done X, Y, Z, you know, what would you say to those families? I know that, Catherine, you had to feel that way uh, at times. And, and, you know, how can you guys help to get that message out there that, you know what, look, no, 
There is no guilt here. There is too much mom guilt out there. We do not need any more. <laughs> no more mom guilt. No more dad guilt. Um, right. Listen, we are all trying to do the best we can every day with the information we have. And I, I mean, I struggled with it a little bit because, of course, when I found out about the new research, I was like, oh, my gosh, what if we had what if we hadn't listened to, you know, sort of the common <laughs> medical guidance at the time, what if we had just gotten these foods in her diet early, like they do in a lot of countries? We just didn't do it in the US. But you just you just can't go there. I mean, I, it sort of reminds me of that um, Maya Angelou quote, you know, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. Do better. Well, right. the science changed. And um, now we know more. And that made us even more committed to trying to get diverse foods and common food allergens into our third child's diet. Um, but definitely no mom guilt. Um, <laughs> and I'd also say, you know, the research is very definitive. I mean, based on the LEAP study, we can prevent 80 to 90% of, of peanut allergies and potentially a lot of other food allergies as well. But we're still we're not talking about a hundred percent. So I've had some parents, you know, say to me, like, I did everything right. I actually did introduce early and, you know, my baby still ended up with the food allergy. And I just said, like, sometimes things are out of your control. Like, don't blame yourselves for this. Well, thank you for that encouraging message to parents, because oftentimes we do take the mantle of things that are not necessarily meant for us. And I am very excited. Laura and I laughed about this earlier, just a bunch of nuts trying to enjoy nuts. And now we can, <laughs> like, it's just going to be a whole generation of kids that may actually have this advantage because as a community, we worked hard. We did the research We're you know, feet on the ground, just trying to get the word out and, um, and your experience and your heart for the families that have gone through this is extraordinary. So thank you for the mission and mission mighty me and making the delicious puffs. We ate these puffs, Laura, and <laughs> awesome. I loved our puffs. Yeah. Oh that's a gosh. great little snack for adults too. We can just say that. And, um, and so I'm excited about the whole tree nut all together. I imagine if you make that as delicious, this is going to make this process so, so, so much easier. But thank you. Thank you for not only encouraging parents, but for working so hard to change something that was a huge challenge. Well, thank you both for helping spread the word and for all the important work that you do, empowering parents with information like this. It's so important. And we're just so grateful that you all are helping spread the word about the importance of food allergy prevention, too. Dr. Gideon Lack is one of the world's leading pediatric allergists. His research has revolutionized food allergy prevention and is transforming the way we feed our kids. He is the co-founder of Mission Mighty Me, and we started our conversation with him asking if there was one moment in time when he realized that we had been looking at common childhood allergies all wrong. Well, there, there certainly was an event and actually probably a number of events uh, many of them serendipitous that just uh, culminated, came together um, uh, and led us to conduct the LEAP study. Um, 
uh, I often kick myself thinking, why hadn't I thought of this earlier? Uh, the evidence was there. You know, we could have had, we could have been 10 years further along the line. Uh, but sometimes uh, it takes a while for, for the penny to drop, as we say. And um, uh, But the big event was um, now coming up to uh, close to tw 20 years ago um, when I gave uh, a lecture in uh, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, on uh, peanut allergy specifically, which was a problem they weren't seeing. They wanted to find out about it. Um, and um, I uh, uh, started to speak. I asked the audience, uh, about 200 pediatricians and allergists, how many have you uh, have seen a case of peanut allergy in the last year? And, um, uh, you know, less than a handful, I think it was two or three put up their hand at the time, whereas in the UK at the time, uh, it would have been close to 100% of people. Um, and I said, this is odd. Uh, there are some really well-trained doctors out there. Many of them had actually done their pediatric allergy fellowships in the US. They would have no problems diagnosing peanut allergies. So I said to myself, this is must be real. Why is it? And then learned uh, from friends, uh, um, mothers, pediatricians, that they were giving their babies, uh, their infants, peanut snacks from a very early age, uh, as early as uh, four months of age. And most babies were consuming very significant amounts of peanut, um, uh, not whole peanuts, of course, but peanut snacks in their diet um, uh, in the first year of life. All this outdated advice that you were giving and pediatricians around the world were giving, you know, was not the, the right advice that we weren't seeing what we thought was happening. So when did you start to correlate that? When did that LEAP study really come into play? Well, it, it took a while to um, kick off the LEAP study because initially when um, um, we proposed the idea, my colleagues and I, um, a lot of people felt, well, this is crazy. We know. Thank that you for doing it anyway, by the way. Right. <laughs> and, no, but, 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 and actually it, it, it leads to a, a very important point in medicine in general, I think, we often conflate and confuse triggers with causes. So uh, the point is, we know that if someone has peanut allergy uh, and they eat peanuts, they get a peanut allergic reaction, no question. Um, so we assume that it is the eating of peanuts very early on that leads to the development of the disease. But the pathogenesis or development of a disease are two totally different uh, issues. Well, let me just tell you that these inspirational and heroic efforts, even in the face of, you know, an entirely different set of, uh, you know, guidelines that were being perpetrated, you know, all over in several different countries and what you did to make that information available to families at the end of the day, that there could be kids who are not allergic to peanuts, kids who are going to avoid some of those pitfalls because of all the hard work that you did. But you've accomplished so many things on the basis of those results. And I would love to talk about the practical way that those results are going to make it into kitchens all over the world. Thank you for your, your kind comments. But just to place things in context, um, you know, um, 
I owe my thanks to to a huge number of uh, colleagues and people. This was by no means a one person effort, but a big big team effort um, in uh, intellectually from a recruitment point of view, uh, and of course the the, the the patients who I mentioned. But but as you point out, you know the the, the challenge now is taking. Um, the science forward, and uh, very naively, I thought, because uh, I, I don't don't really have a background in public health. I thought, easy peasy, we've done the science, we now know what to do. The families will just do it, and uh, we won't see any more peanut allergy. Because uh, one of the things I should add is, if you come in early enough and adhere to adequate consumption, you know. Um, uh, as is naturally, as was naturally being done, not only in Israel, but in big parts of Africa and Asia, where peanut is part of the stable diet, very often, you know, very commonly in the first year of life. Uh, if you do that, you can prevent um, more than 80%, close to 90% of peanut allergy. You know, I think when we have these parents who were told something for so long, they are so scared at this point. How how do we get the message out? How do we try and encourage these well, families? Well, well, well Laura, you, you raised one of the most, I think, uh, interesting and challenging uh, uh, points here because, uh, uh, you know, there's now increasing evidence on egg, that egg should be introduced early. Uh, the Japanese a Japanese group has just published on very early introduction of milk as of the first uh uh, four weeks of life, having a profound effect on preventing milk allergy. And I think this applies to multiple allergens. And people say, well, how can we get foods into infants? We know babies can't eat uh, food. And there's a whole, I think we've developed a whole culture of uh, food phobia. Fear. Um, and one has to, food, food fear, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And one has to put things in to uh, the general context. Um and uh, I think there's a number of confusing messages that come out. So there's the fear of foods itself, the fear that foods are bad for you, are going to cause harm to babies. And clearly, look, if one introduces peanut products into a young infant of four months of age, we need to make sure they're developmentally ready right. to swallow, chew, and be able to handle sure, food. Sure. And uh, the type of food you give is is key, and that was very important in what sort of foods we've we've worked on on designing and, and and producing? There's other issues too. There's issues of the belief that introduction of foods is a challenge to breastfeeding, and clearly, breast is best, uh, especially in the first months of life when it comes to uh, in um, to infant feeding. Um, but um, uh, and what we did show subsequently, the eat study is that introduction of even six common allergenic foods as of three months of age did not interfere with breastfeeding rates at all. Right. There's even a mistaken belief out there that if a baby isn't breastfeeding, formula milk should be the sole and main source of nutrition for months and months because this was this is scientific food as opposed to normal food. Um, and um, uh, so there are challenges. There's fear. There's the uh, there's the fear of the food. There's the fear still of developing peanut allergy by eating peanuts. Um, there's the fear of obesity, eating snacks. Uh, there is um, a, a lack of familiarity with really doing a U-turn and overturning a whole culture. Um, and um, uh, the fear of 
breast stopping breastfeeding, um, um, the fear of interfering with formula milk. Um, all of those are uh, obstacles. And when people say to me, well, it's going to be impossible to get those quantities of peanuts into babies, I say, well, no one tried to do it in Israel or in lots of African or Asian countries. It just happened naturally right. because that's part of the culture. Right. And when something is part of the culture, it's easy. So I think a lot of this is about changing beliefs, attitudes, and um, and culture than real obstacles. I mean, these are obstacles. Obviously, changing culture is, is a major obstacle, but they're, they're, they're not uh, obstacles that are there in principle. Those are things we can change, but they require work, um, education. And of course, the whole food industry has been geared around products that are hypoallergenic, that right. avoid these allergens. And there's not much of an opportunity for parents to find the foods in which they can easily give um, peanuts, eggs, other nuts in a palatable, safe form um, to young, uh, young babies. With Moms on Call, we often talk about starting those solids between four to six months of age. And what we hear from families is, well, they don't have teeth or they, you know, whatever. And we have to kind of battle that a little bit. Talking about oral motor development is progressive. So, yes, we're going to start off with some parade forms of that and work our way up. But also telling, letting parents know very much like you said, it's not going to interfere with their formula or breastfeeding, because the amounts that we're giving, we talk about it being practice. We have a, a four to six month uh, baby food introduction guide that we give to our parents uh, over at our knowledge center. And we often get, well, why? Why are you still saying start foods at four months of age? And and we find that we're having to constantly battle these parents saying, look, it's not a date on the calendar. So parents are smart and they respond to you know the information that we give as it changes. And so that's one of the things that I think is so exciting. Yes, Laura and I have definitely, you know, tried to get that information out there in really practical ways so it doesn't require, you know, a whole change of, you know, so many of the structural elements that are already in life. As you point out Jennifer, parents are smart yeah. and uh, but we've got to give them the facts yes. and the information, and we can't, you know, we can't fail in 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 that task. And I, I truly believe that by telling the community of atopic or allergic parents to avoid giving their babies allergenic foods, especially peanuts, uh, we didn't. Not only did we not prevent the problem, we actively contributed to the problem. It is just so incredibly fascinating to think of all the ways that that, you know, research is going to change the lives of a future generation. So exactly what can parents do to introduce these foods? And and let's talk about, you know, Mission Mighty Me, which is how we all got connected because we love Catherine and just adore her here in the Atlanta area. And that's how we all got connected was through Catherine. So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about what exactly can our parents do and how Mighty Mission Me can help with that? 
Yeah, so so actually one of the exciting things in my career development was partnering up with with uh, uh you know enthusiastic energetic energetic Catherine and uh, her husband JJ yes. and uh, our, our co-founder also Todd Slotkin and it's really been very much a, a team effort in taking this forward but you know so let's talk numbers here in the US they will based on the birth rate in the US um and uh, there will be about 80,000 new cases of peanut allergy per year with every birth cohort. Wow. Uh, and in the UK, another 20. So just between those two countries alone, 100,000 new cases of peanut allergy every year. And we should be able to prevent the overwhelming majority uh, of that. So, so we have a unique opportunity here to um to prevent disease. I alluded to earlier, we need variety. We need foods in safe, palatable, um, healthy forms uh, um, that uh, we can uh, give to uh, um, to infants. And although we are involved with one particular brand and one particular product, um, I welcome seeing, you know, we all welcome seeing more food opportunities, yeah. more groups, more companies uh, uh, giving you know, preparing and giving these foods in the same way um, to to babies. So I mentioned palatability, safety. Um, there's another issue too, that's timing. Um, timing is key. And one of the things to um, remember is that we had to exclude a lot of babies in the LEAP study. They were not, because they'd already developed peanut allergy in the first year of life. And most of those had uh, developed it uh, later on in the second, uh, really in the last uh, quarter or third of the first year of life. Um, and we know that by 12 months of age, for 60% of children who will develop peanut allergy in the future, the horse has bolted from the stable. It's too late. Let's talk a little bit about Mission Mighty Me and and some of those things that you're doing with it so that we can make it really easy for parents to begin this process, especially there in the beginning when we're just a little nervous anyway, right? We're just kind of trying to keep these kids alive and make it through the day. And we don't, you know, we want to make sure that it's easy. And I think Mission Mighty Me does a great job at just making it simple. So, yeah, the, the philosophy in, of Mission Mighty Me um, really has been to um, develop uh, these uh, these foods. We started um, uh, a few years ago with peanut alone, simply because the evidence only existed at that point uh, for peanut and guidelines um, were focused on peanut. So we started our efforts with the, the peanut puff. It, you know, it seems to be very palatable and which babies are uh, enjoying. It's certainly, uh, it's delivering the right quantity and a couple of packs a week. Um, uh, we know that we ought to be able to achieve uh, 80 to 90% reduction in peanut allergy if the food is consumed. Uh, we are now uh, extending the now that the various bodies and societies um, uh, have encouraged introducing all allergenic foods earlier in life and certainly not withholding them, um, uh, we are now extending this to a new uh, concept, a multi-nut 
uh, concept um, where five nuts are going to be um, included. One of the disappointments of the LEAP study, I had this magical, completely unrealistic hope <laughs> that feeding to peanuts <laughs> to babies would launch into motion a whole uh, range of broad immune regulatory processes that would prevent the development of all food and other allergies. Uh, and sadly, that was not the case. Okay. Um, uh, and that makes sense too. You know, if you give a, a baby a polio vaccine, it protects against polio, but not other diseases. Right. And similarly, if you give a baby peanut, it protects against peanut allergy, not other nut or egg or milk or fish allergies. And so we, we need to be able to get the 15 or 16 or so common food allergens, um, we believe, early into a baby's uh, diet. There's certainly no harm in it, and there may only be good that, um, uh, that uh, comes from this. So we are now working on a, on a multi-nut uh, concept that should cover the vast majority of uh, tree nuts, delivering adequate amounts of each individual Nut protein, also in a puff snack. At Mission Mighty Me, you have peanut puffs in a pouch in a way that is fun, simple, and delicious. And it gives you, or it gives us, and you know, all the people listening, an opportunity to prevent peanut allergies. Mm-hmm. And coming down the pipe are what fun, simple, delicious ways. To prevent other allergies. This is the news you're sharing with us today. We talked so much information today. I did want to make sure that our listeners know that we have an incredible blog uh, over in the Knowledge Center called Why Does Eczema Increase the Risk of Food Allergies? So I want to make sure that our listeners go and, and take a look at that blog that you guys did for us Um on why that connection is there and how we can help. So thank you. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Lack. We look forward to continuing this conversation, to supporting you and helping to continue to get this message out to start these foods earlier as opposed to later. Let's get going and trying to, to decrease these allergies across the board. Well, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been a great opportunity to discuss this with you and uh, hopefully take, take, take the message forward. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey. Thank you to Dr. Lack and to Katherine Mitchell-Jackson. We are excited that they are partnering with us to spread the word about Mission Mighty Me. Visit MissionMightyMe.com to learn more and use Moms on Call 20 for 20% off your first order. And as we always like to remind you, if you have any specific questions or concerns after listening or reading anything that we share, check with your family doctor or pediatrician. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast.